And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc Manson at Doc Manson. The reviews were right. Those dumplings truly were lackluster. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry, Durang Durango. I, I mean, you were coming all the way out to where I was, uh, you know, to get some lunch, and you said, "Where do you want to go?" And I said, "Well, I heard about this dumpling place, and I, I had heard it's kind of lackluster, but I haven't been there, and, and somehow I just, I feel like it might be up your alley." I said to you. And, and you took and offense to that, which I guess looking I did back not, on the way I phrased that, I did not um, take offense to that. Well, I you think said I think my lackluster alley, as though implying I thought your alley was not deserving of the finest delicacies, which of course it is. Your it's alley clearly not. It's it's <laughs> clearly not. But then again, uh, I'm not sure if yours is either, considering we spent many many years eating the exact same thing. Yeah, so. well, uh, you know, it was yes, not great. It, it, the experience and the company was great. The food was not as great. Um, would but, you say that food was bad? I don't think I would say it was bad, but I don't think I would say it was good. Like it was food and I would not be looking to get it again. But I don't know that it crossed my boundary into what I would consider bad. No. I think maybe one of the dumplings was bad. I See, I'm trying to think. I did not finish the macaroni and cheese dumpling. That's the one that I thought was, if any of them were bad, it was that one. Yeah, no. I think, um, so what happened was, you know, I've got some time on my hands there, besties. And uh, I did not make it over to Forbidden Door this past Sunday. Uh, and so I wanted... And so your guilt was catching up with you. I wanted to make sure that my friends knew that I did want to see them. I see. And I so see. I reached out to GQ and Doc. So why G- did you reach out to GQ then? Because he was there at Forbidden Door. Or are you implying that we're not friends? Is that the implication? <laughs> I, I implied nothing. Um, so I you reached read out into to it what you want to read into it. Doc GQ, as expected, he's a family man. He's a busy man. He's uh, a homeowner who seemingly made just a terrible choice in the home to buy. Um, no, it's fine. It had some issues that he's taking care of. But uh, he was unavailable. But I went and picked Doc up for our little lunch date. Picked him up. You say Doc or office. Duck? Doc. I like to think that I'm Duck now. If they had had Duck. Dumplings, I, d- I think we'd be having a different conversation. Oh, definitely. But also now I'm intrigued by the idea of me being Duck Manson. <laughs> I think it, I sense a new Twitter avatar coming. <laughs> well, I don't know. Would you be Dr. Mankind? <laughs> Perhaps. Uh, but yes, uh, Doc came out of his office. He did his usual thing that he does when he's walking where he just kind of looks around and you know, doesn't want to like he's walking to the car without trying to look directly at the car, but he comes. Do I do that? Yeah. And I also just think you are looking around, but 
whenever like we see each other for the first time and we're like walking towards each other, you will like often just kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm casing the joint. I'm looking for potential opportunities as well as dangers that I might have to avoid. That's true. In case anyone from the theater department across the street started attacking you. One never knows. But yeah, so we went to this dumpling place and it was a very interesting, the, it was an interesting gimmick to use the wrestling term. Uh, you go to a little kiosk, you place your order on a computer, you, you pay way too much money for dumplings. Um, <laughs> and then you wait for a long time standing in front of these, what look like little lockers. And when your order is ready, you scan a barcode and a door slowly opens and there's your food. So, you know, that's very cool. It's just like one of those Amazon pickup lockers, except instead of it being just a locker, it's it's got a a window in it so you you can see when stuff gets put in there. And also it's they're big they're ovens. So it's keeping everything in them warm. And I think that's really cool. It's like this big vending machine that is serving you your food. Uh but you know, your use of the word gimmick I think is is entirely appropriate and that's my problem with it is it's 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 a superficial gimmick if it was actually a robotic vending machine that was squirting together the ingredients and putting together these dumplings and folding them up and steaming them or or frying them or whatever i would have even more respect for that food that we ultimately consumed Mm -hmm. but i looked behind the curtain dc as as did you uh, yeah. When you go in there and and you're ordering at that that touchscreen kiosk, if you just peek your head around the corner behind the ovens, the, the, those lockers, there's just people back there. It's just a kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I mean, I get it, I guess. By doing this, you've ensured that you never, ever have to employ front of house staff. You never have to yep. pay somebody to take an order, I guess. Um, but, man, it must cost a lot of money to, to to get a wall of oven lockers like that, I, I can't. How long would you have to be in business to pay that off where that starts working in your favor versus just pay, paying somebody's minimum wage to take orders? I, I mean, I don't. Yeah. Well, then, as you know. put it, what if one of them in the middle breaks? Yeah. Can you fix what? them individually? Do you have to turn down an entire row, an entire column? Um, There's maintenance costs. There. And, 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 you know, the other gimmick, because it's not like they served solely strictly Asian dumplings. No, I actually no. would have enjoyed that more. These were unique dumplings. So we each got a sampler with the idea that we would, could they give you, you, know, you get four dumplings, two of one kind, two of another. So we each got one, meaning we had four different kinds of dumplings to each. We could try four different kinds. Um, bacon cheeseburger, which was probably my favorite of the four. I felt that the consistency of the filling was a little too mush. Sure. But yeah, I agree. I also put an entire ketchup packet, like a bit one, and then just put in the entire. I did not do that. And I should have. Yeah. And that was a fried dumpling. Now, I'm not going to tell you how much they cost. They were. I expected them to be reasonable because I expected good sized dumplings. These were golf balls at best. Yeah, the fried ones were slightly larger than golf balls, but but not not by much. Not by much. Um and yeah, so I mean having all these different types of dumplings, I feel like they aired on the side of fair food and yes. it wasn't greasy enough or crazy enough with the fillings to actually satisfy that fair food 
hole in my heart, I guess. It didn't it didn't really fulfill that. And so actually you bring up another good point though, because they do have like traditional soup dumplings and uh, Asian style dumplings on the menu. It makes me wonder if I should go back and order that. And if perhaps that is the difference maker, if that's their bread and butter, if those are actually honest to good, good dumplings, something tells me probably not. No, but we got a Reuben dumpling. Yeah, that was okay. Which was not bad. That was it. The best I could say, because those were the two fried ones and those were not bad. The two steamed ones, which was the aforementioned mac and cheese one, which was not good at all. I did not care. For and it. then there was a short rib one, which again, the it was flat and just it was flat and floppy, Doc. Yeah, like the consistency of duck. the short rib was too mush. Again, um, I know short ribs supposed to be sort of fall apart, melt in your mouth, but yeah, it, it, it wasn't right. See, I think they would have benefited from making that a fried one because when you're eating a short rib sandwich, you need something on the outside. Yeah, to to hold. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. None of the fillings that we got were appropriate for a steamed dumpling. Um, yeah. Neither of those really worked. Yeah. I um, think I would go again and, like you said, try. I would try their dessert dumplings. Yes, the dessert um, dumplings I would try. That sounds like a I good might try deal. a soup dumpling. I, I want to try that. The, they had like a rice bowl style true, thing. True, the chop chop. And I'm not even so sure that there were dumplings on that bowl as opposed to just like the filling of an Asian style dumpling was mixed on top of there. Those intrigued me as well. I mm-hmm. thought that might make a good option depending. But. So I think at some point before the end of the summer, you and I should venture back and give it one more try. Okay. We can do that. Uh, maybe we bring our own beverages so we don't need to pay for the waffle fries because <laughs> while they were good, they were okay. They yeah. kind of defeat the purpose of a dumpling. Yeah. Um, you know, again, when they're charging three fifty for a bottle of soda or lemonade or whatever, yes. and the, the the combo, which is the drink and the waffle fries, is five dollars. It's like, yeah. oh, why the hell won't wouldn't I do that? And we sat for almost two hours as had, I pined about the pointlessness of life and, well, and, my I, frustrations. and I'm glad you brought that up because uh, welcome to an currently unknown part series. Uh, Doc needs a purpose. And what we're going to do each week is I'm going to suggest uh, we're just going to talk about a couple of things, because, yes, the what I got out of that is that you are looking for something you are struggling, you are seeking something outside of your many jobs. Mm, The jobs aren't doing it to find uh, whether it's your passion, whether it's an interest, call it what you will. But you're looking for something. Sure. Sure. I'll give you that. Would you so, say that? Are you going to help me find it? Is that what you're telling me? I, we're just going to explore. We're going to explore. I'm not going to claim that I can fix anything. But Hear that, are, guys? DC is going to fix me. He promised it right here. I, hey, I think I had, a, I had a really good suggestion. He did. Tweak my meds. <laughs> After like an hour, I was like, you know... <laughs> I wonder how this conversation would go if you just went to your doctor real quick in between. <laughs> uh-huh. And said, hey, can you just double the dosage on this? So, okay. So, um, I don't think you'll mind if I say the, no. follow- the following things. Um, there are many things that you could do that you may, see- you may at one point seek enjoyment in, but they need to... Right now, you're looking for something that matters because you're working all of these jobs 
And I'm not sure that you're finding that they matter. I think, I think, see, I don't know. I think you might be two steps behind me. I think I okay. might have been looking for something that mattered. And I thought maybe that was going to be work. And mm. I have discovered that that is not the case. And so now I'm trying to feel out, well, what's an appropriate amount of work? What is something that doesn't make me despise every moment that I'm alive, but which, you know. I like that you're having this conversation with your wife standing literally right behind you. Well, she's great. She knows that. As are these s'mores that she brought me and the glass of water. I can't. Uh, Cannot filter for those unless she burned them. Eh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> hey, hey, guess what? Did you did you know that because uh, we're doing we're doing lunch again tomorrow? I did, did know. Did you know that Mrs. Manson's also going to lunch tomorrow? I did. I heard that. I don't, I'm not 100 percent sure where. Oh, no. Wait, I am sure where. Never mind. Oh, I don't know where. I know the full story, DC. Are you going to get that chicken salad that she was talking about? Or are you going someplace new? Where does the chicken salad come from? The place where they give you playing cards to tell you where you're Yeah, table yeah, yeah. Is. That's the place. They're going okay. there. I was so excited because she, she was like, I miss talking to Mrs. Manson. And I was like, good. You, now you can talk to her. And and she's she's gonna stay late and Mrs. Manson's not gonna go back to work. And we're just she's just gonna hang out the whole afternoon. It's fine. Maybe they could get drunk on wine at the uh <laughs> nobody's gonna miss us <laughs> nobody's gonna miss me somebody might miss her she's important <laughs> yeah she has a boss again so who knows <laughs> um yeah i don't know um so what was i saying so yeah i don't know like like i so this morning even i, I was having a conversation with mrs manson before i came to podcast it was one of the reasons why i was a couple minutes late uh we were we were deep in discussion this morning i i saw there was a job posting um, for a, uh, a professor, a teaching professor position at a nearby institution. Okay. Um, it would be a bit of a more of a haul than what I'm doing now, but not bad. And I think there's a good chance I could be a good candidate if I were to apply. And the thing that really um, stuck it out to me was they were on the the um, you know job write up. The minimum salary is much closer to something that is reasonable um, versus what I, I was previously thinking and well, previously saw in other yeah. similar positions. Yeah. And so I'm just looking at it now and it's looking like something that, you know, even compared to what we were talking about yesterday, that looks more feasible, mm -hmm. but like, you know, in the context of I lectured today and I enjoy lecturing I do. The time just goes. I enjoy putting together course curriculums and designing new different ways to present things and using different technologies and education, all that. But I do have days, even now, for this sort of extra thing that I'm doing. Admittedly, it's an extra thing and I'm busy and I'm tired and all that. But I have days already where I'm just like, man, I don't want to do this today. But I have to go do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I know that everybody has that, right? That's part of everybody's job. I get it. But the thing that gets me about it is, and, and just thinking about it, that type of job, like going to go teach, it's a very active job. Um, don't get me wrong. I would get more time off, 
I would get summers off. I would get, you know, in the middle of the week, I'd be responsible for being there and teaching whatever my courses were at what times and what places. But outside of that, mostly my time is my own, you know? So like there's more freedom involved there. Um, it's, it solves some of my other pain points in terms of, you know, management issues and things like that. Sure. But I start, I just start thinking about it. I'm like, that's such, that is such an active job that you have to be there. You have to be engaged, right? I mean, you don't have to be, I guess you can lecture and completely disengaged and all that. But compared to my current job where, again, we had this discussion. Yes. It, 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 it can be incredibly passive. Yes. Like, do I, but, and that was the thing, that's like, that's the thing I'm sort of wrestling with now is like, do I actually want an active job or do I, or should I just be content with the fact that I can essentially sit back and earn more money just, just doing what I do now? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it, why would I put myself out and like put myself in a position where I have to engage and try and really do more to make less? I mean, you bring up a great point. And, you know, we had this conversation where you have to decide a, how much is your time worth? Cause right now you're working. You told me you're getting four paychecks. For the various different, you know, three from one university, one for the, you know, you're getting paid to do four different things. You're lecturing here, you're lecturing there, you're running labs, you're doing this other thing where you're like, you know, mentoring, you know, grad students or what have you. Do you need to do all of those things? You know, and I know right now you're barely able to get chocolate marshmallow in your mouth, but do you need to do all of these things. Do you need to drive to a different university to be able to do this lecturing? You don't want to go every time you drive there, you don't want to do it, but you also feel weird about passing up the money for it. And I also feel weird about the fact that last year I put in all this work to do the course really for the first time. wholly. you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I feel like, I should stick with it for at least a little while to see what the experience is like now that I have done all that prep work. You know what I mean? Would I be doing a disservice to myself? Because at this point, the amount that I have to do on my own time would be significantly reduced in theory. And so maybe I won't find it as troublesome or as exhausting or whatever. Maybe it will have to get there. I do. That's true. But maybe that's if that's all it is, maybe that becomes less of an issue, right? Mm-hmm. I do I feel find like it, I owe myself at least one semester of exploring whether there's anything to that. Unless you have an opportunity to work now. Well, yes, qu- that's true. In 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 this case, you have to consider more than yourself. You have to consider how it's going to affect your family. Would it inconvenience other members of your family, if all of a sudden you're no longer going to your university, you're going someplace else. Um, I imagine it would be a bit of an d- inconvenience, yeah. Yeah. Because then, you know, th- and those are all things you have to take into account with any job. Obviously, work is an issue. And I think we can unpack that. And I'm sure, you know, um, I'm sure that 
on the 3% chance, because this is going to come out on Friday, on the 3% chance that we don't get a message from GQ either tonight or tomorrow morning telling us why he can't come, I'm sure he would have his own insight because he is battling his own issues with window washing and whether or not he wants you know, to stay in the window washing company that he is in, where he's been for a while. And there's a, there is a manner, a level of security to that. Or does he want to go try window washing somewhere else that he might enjoy it more and it might be less stress, right? You're kind of in a similar uh, position. You would be working one job and yeah, I imagine it's going to be some sort of pay cut, but it won't be as significant of a pay cut. It would be something that approaches feasible. Yes, so but it's one job doing the thing you like to do. Of all of your jobs, the thing that I see that you enjoy the most is lecture. I don't know. I think I like writing the most, but I also enjoy lecturing. Well, and so this is it. Like you could decide to stay in your current job, which again, we talked about this yesterday. The reason it is so easy for you is because you are a good manager and you have built this organism that runs itself Right. that you just need to make a couple of decisions, probably sign some things and keep the train on the tracks. Yep. You could spend, you could get rid of the lecturing at one of the institutions and spend all your free time writing while you were there. Potentially. And that's sort of what I think about. I think about that too now, like. Because again, like it is it, overall, a lot of it could be a very passive job. I'm not yeah. saying I do nothing. Like that's not what I'm saying. No. But again, I, I it versus actively being on your feet, engaging with students, answering questions. Like yes, it's different. It's 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 not as active as that. And no. yeah, and and at no point are we talking about a job where you know he's working in a coal mine or he's doing any of that. He's no, active. I mean this is all white collar bullshit jobs. Yeah. But but. But yeah, no, you, you may decide you want to have conversations with people about the fact that they're feeling taken advantage of because somebody was able to work from home from two days and they weren't. And I never want to have that conversation. Well, but that's the kind of conversations you're giving, you're guaranteeing yourself if you stay. Accurate. Accurate. So, but actually, I don't even, I think we need to go beyond work. Okay. Yes, work I agree. I think we need to find something because you've said you have horror movies coming out your ears. You're not watching them. You are a, you are one of the more, if not the most computer savvy person, video game knowledgeable. You listen to podcasts about video games. You're Used not to. playing anything. You listen to the Jeff Kirk, whatever his name Jeff is. Gerstman. I, I, Hey, I said Jeff Kirkland. That was almost not quite right. Uh, His show has only started four weeks ago, so I've only recently started listening to a show about video games again recently. But, But but, I think you need something to do, especially because something else to consider in the work is, would you, if you accepted this new position, would you need to spend every waking minute working on it? Yes, probably at first to get it off the ground, but then... Ideally, it's a sister institution of where I am now ah. doing a course that I'm doing this summer. Plus, probably a writing course and maybe one other course, but it would so, actually be utilizing a lot of the um, material and prep work that I have been doing this summer. 
If you were asking my advice, which you're not, I would suggest that you apply. See if, see what if happens. You, and I if know. you happen to get it, then you have to make a decision. Yeah. Otherwise, if you don't apply, I knowing you, there will come a time in which you go, man, I wish I had tried for that job. Mm. But again, because the problem is DC. Yes. There's just two. It's, it's more than just the job because all these other jobs <laughs> that I do are only like enabled based off of the fact that I'm in the job that I have. Yeah. You would be, you would be sacrificed. I think this sounds like you would be sacrificing four jobs essentially for one. Yeah. Which would give you more time for hobbies. Cause this is really doc Manson needs a hobby. Duck Manson <coughs> needs a hobby. Yeah. Fair enough. So every week I'm going to suggest some things to you. All right. Well, we, we can got, dis- we can discuss them and I, and I would like your opinions. The first thing that came to mind, you had mentioned, you've mentioned your lawn quite a bit. It is the summertime. Do you have a garden? No. How would you feel about becoming Duck Manson Gardener? Bad. Why? Because we have lots of deer and rabbits and raccoon in the area. And when we do things like plant bulbs or flowers or plants just in general for landscaping purposes, they always get dug up and eaten. Even if they're things that are supposed to be repellent to animals and unlikely to be dug up and eaten. We just have such a population that it's pretty much pointless. Um, So if I was going to put together a proper garden, I would have to actually build a proper fence that was going to keep the wildlife out. At which point, this becomes not simply a hobby, but a major project. Something I don't really have the skills to do, nor do I want to do. I don't want to dig posts. I don't want to sink posts. I don't want to sink chicken wire. I don't want to dig trenches. Like It would have to be a serious fence. Like I don't want to do but any of that. You do have... You do have a patio. Now, granted, it is an enclosed patio. It's got a roof on it, DC. How are you going to grow anything on that? There's no sunlight. We have plants inside that are growing. Not a garden, though. Well, you start small. <laughs> plus, plus, we're not even talking about the fact that, sorry, Mrs. Manson, you can plug your ears if you want. I don't think you want to live in the house you're living in, which is an entirely different conversation. Eh, but, the house is fine. But I wouldn't mind downsizing and going someplace with a lot more land and a lot less neighbors. Isn't that the American dream? Yes, which is why, again, Mm. I'd like to sit down and talk to you about the wonderful state of Maine. Lots of land. I know you keep talking about this, you know, because you keep talking about how you live in an apartment and you have money set aside and you keep thinking about getting a house and all of that. Here's what I suggest. You take your money. And we then we take our money from selling the house. We pool our money. Yes. We buy a massive ranch, acres of land, um, you know, and, and we just both live on that. So we'll have our own homes. Sure. We'll have a shared podcast studio, a third structure. And um, you can handle making homemade spaghetti. And I will do all the lawn work. (laughs) (laughs) 
<clears throat> we'll we'll do the jamming and the tomato sauce making and all of that. We'll you can you. start the garden. <laughs> I think uh, I think my wife would would love to do more of a, do some more serious gardening. And that is one of the downsides is we can't go put a raised bed out in the lawn because the lawn doesn't belong to us. Yeah, start thinking about that commune. We could we totally build it. <sighs> All right. So you don't think you would like to garden. So if you, could, so. if you could get rid of the deer and the rabbits and the raccoons, do you think that you would enjoy gardening? You think you would? I doubt it. I think Mrs. Manson might enjoy it, but I, I don't think I would enjoy gardening the act of it. No. So, okay. Let's go back and start. We'll talk about just the theory here. Computer building, I would assume, requires a fairly active mindset. Video games require active mindset in terms of thinking and the strategy and all of that. Would you want a hobby that was more challenging to the mind? Or are you looking for something that is more calming to the mind? I don't know. What is an example of something that's more engaging to the mind? Because I'm not going to go play Ultimate Frisbee. No, that's no no smart person would ever suggest that. I did yesterday. Uh, <clears throat> so a more active, engaging thing. Okay. I would never bring this up for you. Okay. Personally. You could choose to try to learn a second language. You I have actually thought about that. Because, okay, and now let's tie this all in. I would suggest Italian. Okay. Because then all of your gelato, no, not gelato, giallo horror movies, you might be able to get more out of if you were at least somewhat knowledgeable of the Italian tongue. Okay. Yeah. So. I would personally choose, I think, to learn Japanese, but ah, for similar okay. reasons. That would also be fine. Yeah. I would like well, to go they, to Japan someday as well. And I also well, kind of look at Japan and I think about living in Japan and a lot of it just looks like a paradise to me. Why? The cherry blossoms? The cherry blossoms, but like also just like I like a lot of the cuisine, like the traditional cuisine, not the Americanized version of it. Like I enjoy that. I enjoy uh, the public transit. I enjoy the much smaller landmass. I enjoy mm. the, the mixture of cities, but also rural. Like I enjoy the general level of, um, I don't know if politeness is the right term, but the general level uh, like social interaction. That is my impression of, of the Japanese people. Um, the, the, the reduced violence, um, levels like, you know, just like, no guns, no army, no, you know, like I, there's a lot about it that I just find interesting. Plus, plus Godzilla's there and I can hang yeah. out with the big G's. So, <clears throat> well, and again, you had mentioned that you might want to travel. You weren't sure. But I see this as a long-term project. I'm going to start learning Japanese. I'm going to start learning about, you know, traveling to Japan, getting, to, it's going to be a long flight. Just steal oh, yeah. yourself for that now. Um, but, you know, and you could plan a vac plan a trip for, you know, 6, 12, 18 months into the future. <laughs> and, and that would give you a reason to work all these extra jobs and make all this extra money. And you're just 
shoveling this money into a fund that will then get you to Japan to go to all the dumpling automats and the part of part of my problem is though also and I know this about myself is that I'm very deadline focused and doing something like trying to learn a language doesn't work last minute you know what I mean sure it would have to be something I would dedicate myself to doing and doing it regularly and all that and I am terrible at that kind those kinds of projects I don't have good self-discipline or motivation I some days I wonder, yes, I have anxiety and probably depression issues, but I also wonder if I have ADHD and I'm not just saying that because Markiplier was recently talking about it as well. But some days I, for I've actually wondered that about myself for a very long time because I have very much, very large amounts of difficulty getting myself to to work on things um, with any sort of I don't finish most things that I start um, okay. I don't know uh, I well, lose interest alright then let's figure it out right now Dr. Matthews is here okay <clears throat> um, we are going to be discussing things we're going to be looking at this uh, scientifically um, Thanks to the incredibly trusted website, ADHDadulthood.com. Okay. Uh, The first thing. So we're going to be talking about these things in three um, categories, home, work, and social. Okay. So for example, this, this is carelessness. Are you the type to overlook or miss details? Do you submit inaccurate work? No. Are, do you overlook and miss details at home? I don't think so. Uh, do you overlook or miss details socially? I don't know that I overlook details socially so much as I'm just... Well, yeah, I mean, if you're bad, it's... Like if you miss social cues and stuff, I guess that's overlooking. So I'm going to say yes. I'll say yes for that. Okay. <clears throat> I think we all are terrible at texting. Everyone. I'm terrible at texting. Us. Yeah. I mean. Uh, do you have trouble staying focused throughout conversations at home? No. Do you have trouble focusing through meetings or conversations at work? No. Do you have trouble focusing through conversations on this podcast or socially? I mean, I don't think so. I would say no. Hey, we just, you know, we've given yesterday as proof. <clears throat> I don't think so. If anything, I've continued talking about the subject far longer than you ever wanted to. Do you have trouble listening during conversations at home? Do you have trouble listening to your wife? I don't think so, but she might trouble- feel differently. Do you have trouble listening to people at work? I don't think so. My evaluations don't tend to say so. And I don't think you have trouble listening during conversations either. You're a great conversationalist. We're, we're about to get to... So, so far, things look good. So, things look good. Okay. Uh, do you start tasks and lose focus at home? Yes. Do you start tasks and lose focus at work? Less so, but yes. 
work has deadlines, you know? So do you start tasks and lose focus socially? The list. The list. (laughs) What, what, the list. Yeah, okay. No, I wouldn't check that one, truthfully. I wouldn't check that one for the socially. But that was the first thing that came to mind for both of us. I mean, yeah. I mean, those sorts of things do tend to fall off. I mean, we've managed to maintain this podcast, but I feel like that's against all odds. I don't know how I have managed this. Or we really but it's that to me seems completely out of character a, to me. i think an, an initial surge in popularity and then a consistent fan base that is you know that has become now a social group yeah and uh the fact that this is like i'm gonna see you three days in a row which is probably the last first last time that happened was uh, when we lived together, <laughs> <clears throat> sure. But this this is the you know, this is the one time that I sometimes chat with any of my friends during the week. Is this? Me too. Uh, are are you disorganized and messy? Do you miss deadlines? No. Are you disorganized and messy at home? I'm messier than my wife, and like. It depends. Like, I don't think I'm like disorganized and messy per se, but like, if you looked at my garage and like at my, my tool table and all that, like nothing is where it belongs. You know what I mean? So yes, but I'm not like messy. Like there's not like trash on the floor. You know what I mean? Like, so no. Sure. Do you avoid paperwork or reviewing lengthy reports at work? Hmm. Reviewing? Say it again. Do you avoid paperwork or reviewing lengthy reports? I avoid the amount of work you do. I avoid paperwork, yes. If I feel like I don't have to do something, I will say I don't need to do this. Okay. So so yes. Sure. Uh, Do you lose everyday items? Do you lose no. your glasses? Do you lose your phone? Do you lose your keys? Not often, so no. Does your mind frequently wander when you're at home? Yes. Does your mind frequently wander when you are at work? Yes. Does your mind frequently wander when you are out and about socially? When I'm walking to the car, yes. Apparently. <laughs> But otherwise, uh, this, is, this not is not so a qu- this is not a question. But I, I'm just curious: uh, how long into an average social engagement are you already thinking about how good it will feel to leave that social engagement? It depends on the social engagement. I was going to say yesterday we I could have stayed for another two hours. Uh, sometimes I'm like, yeah, it's it's time to be getting getting on that dusty trail. So. I would say, honestly, though, these days, because these days I'm mostly engaging in social interactions that I want to engage in. I I don't Mm -hmm. really, not so much. Uh, Not so much. Okay. Sometimes, though. I don't know. Uh, Do you forget to return calls, keep appointments, or pay bills on time? 
I would I would say what Sometimes. by calls. <clears throat> by calls, I'm not talking about like phone calls to friends. I'm talking about this sounds like, you know, do you forget to call the plumber? Are you forgetting that the, you know, get the chipmunk out of my air conditioner guy is coming to the house? That's no, but I avoid all of that also. I tend sure. to make Mrs. Manson do most of the scheduling of stuff because I don't want to talk to people. Sure. Uh, are you a fidgeter? Do you tap your hands, feet, or squirm in your seat? <laughs> yes, a thousand times yes. Uh, can you not stay seated even when you're supposed to? As a kid, absolutely. These no, days, uh, I can stay seated when, I, when I'm supposed to, yes. Yeah. You did not get up at any point during our conversation to start pacing around the table. No, no. Uh, I swear this question's here. It's not just a question to ask Duck Manson. Are you often on edge? Never. No. Always. <laughs> I guess. Do you, feel, do, you feel edgy, do you feel edgy at home? Um, sometimes you feel edgy at work. Yeah. Let, there's no denying that one. Sure. Yes. Do you feel edgy socially? Sometimes. Do you have difficulty sitting through presentations or movies? <laughs> if they're, if they're bad movies, I would assume so. Presentations. Yes. Movies. Not so much. We'll say work then. Yeah. Are you uncomfortable being still for extended periods of time? Uncomfortable? No, but I I never naturally am. But I think I When you're when you're at work, how long it. when you're at work? Let's say you have a day totally in the lab. How often how long are you sitting at your desk before you feel like you have to get up and move around the office? I could sit for 8 hours. Okay. Then that's pretty comfortable being still. Okay, then yes, I'm comfortable being still. All right. Um, do you talk excessively, ignoring or missing social cues in the process? To anybody who's listened to this show, they know the answer is... I'm going to click social at least. <laughs> do you notice that at work? Um, I think less so at work. No, I don't think so. Sure. Uh, do you interrupt others? Do you cut others off? I love this part. Do you cut others off in conversation or in traffic? What? <laughs> That's what it says. Um, yes. I I do sometimes get excited and interrupt people. Absolutely. Would you say you do that at home? Yeah, sometimes. <clears throat> do you do it at work? Less so, but sometimes. Do you have trouble waiting in line? When was the last time you went into a bank? Last year, okay. So I had to get a money order when I was purchasing my vehicle. Um, Fair. Yeah, I'm not bad in lines. Mrs. Manson's terrible in lines. She'll tell you that. I'm okay with lines. Do you do you intrude? Do you butt into conversations or activities? Not usually. No. No. All right. So we're done. Let's get our results. Checklist is complete. Let's download a PDF of this here. You've indicated that. Oh, okay. 
I apologize for wasting all your time because now what you do is you print this and take it to your doctor. And then they talk to them about whether or not you have. So based on this, since I since you are a doctor, I'm playing the role of the doctor here. I actually don't think you have it. Okay, all right. I think you are a procrastinator. Yes. I think you are a person alive in 2022. So there's a lot going on. And it's very easy to get on your phone and doom scroll, which I have to tell you, you need to stop. I love doing it. You got to stop. Not that I love doing it. It's that it just happens automatically. I find myself with my phone in my hand. I'm like, how the fuck did this get here again? But yeah, it's just like I was able to wean myself off of Facebook and you have probably got like you can you can avoid Reddit. We can go through. That can be a future episode. I will give you all of my subreddits that you can join. You get rid of all yours. You sign up for nature is fucking lit or watch people die inside. And all of a sudden, <laughs> Reddit's much more entertaining. Mm. Mm. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm going to I am going to say. Uh, that I don't think you have it. I think you, you know, put things off which is fine. You can be bad at deadlines and not have ADHD. So going back to the whole thing. Oh, I'm Japan good thing, at deadlines. The problem is I need deadlines. You need, well, no, but I think you would have to do some self-imposed deadlines, which I know are hard to Impossible. There's no such manage. thing as a self-imposed deadline because if you're self-imposing it, you can move it. It's not a deadline. Like, I'm just like hardwired. Like, it doesn't matter. You know, I, I, I You have to provide the right carrot. I don't think there is a right carrot for me. I don't know. I see it as a construct and I inherently think it's bullshit. And so I refuse to abide by my own bullshit construct. I'm too smart for the carrot DC. And you're a, uh, a nihilist. I am. (laughs) Yeah, no, you see this. I don't know. I think learning Japanese would be great. I think you could build in your, I could, you could build yourself a routine rather than getting on your phone and going to Reddit and doom scrolling. You could open up Duolingo and do 10. She is a a great singer. She is actually. I like that levitating song. I call it my sugarboo song. Have I told you that? I'd like to point out that I couldn't have told you a single song. I'm just proud. I knew who you were referring to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, I think, you know, you do 10 minutes of Duolingo a day. You spend 10 minutes making a list of where you would want to travel. Or I can't doing- even convince myself to spend 15 minutes on an elliptical every day. It's in my but you, basement. But you could. You but I have, can't. You, you could because you have to program. You have to reprogram. Every your time you I program myself brain. to do it and I do it, I have like two months or three months where I do it. I fall off the damn wagon every damn time. And I don't do it for a year and a half. Every time. I don't know. I think you have the ability to train your brain to do this. You've programmed computers. You've built servers. <sighs> this is the challenge that you're talking about. The challenge, it's been inside you. All along, Doc. Been inside you all along. Or this is this is the suggestion from my wife. Okay. Because I was considering talking to you about, you know, should you start, you know, maybe practicing, you know, looking into Buddhism. 
and maybe looking into the tenets of Buddhism, which might help you. And may I practiced mindfulness for quite a while when I was struggling with anxiety, getting you to understand that the Buddhist philosophy is that there is suffering and pain everywhere, and it comes from our desire, our need to have more. And once we put that aside, life gets better. And I mentioned that to my wife, and she was like, no, he needs something better than that. <laughs> what about, she was like, what about the, the, the monks we used to hear that would come to, uh, come to campus and sing? And I was like, yes, Duck Manson needs to get into Tibetan throat singing. That's what he is. That like the Gregorian do. chanting, or yeah, but it's the, like like they're like making two sounds at the same time. That was a terrible rendition of it. I, was, I knew exactly what you were going for, though. Well, and I, every time I do it, I'm like, hey, I'm pretty good at this. <laughs> Just a little bit so, of practice, ten minutes yeah. every day. Or you could go into the mandalas because the, the Tibetan monks used to come and make beautiful mandalas on campus as well. What's that? So. Like the sand art with the different colored sand, and they would okay. make these little patterns in a circle, sort of thing. Um, yeah, my problem so. is I need to not have a job at all. I think that's my problem. I'm anti work DC, and I just feel like I'm going to be working until the day I die. And part of me wants to work, work, work now. So I can earn some money and then maybe I won't have to work until I'm dead. You know what I mean? Cause like, I just, there, I don't like my job. There's not, there's, I don't like, there's nothing that I well, like I well enough to, to do as a job and to like, well, like it. It's, it's a job. It's a job. Now, my advice to you in that was, can you scale that? Can you, you know, whether it's a compound or all of that stuff, can you move into a smaller house and get rid of a lot of the things that you are spending money on so that you need less money and thus don't need to work as much? I mean, and honestly, I don't spend that much money outside of my mortgage payment, really. Because even like yeah. the car payment, it's not any more than it was for a far more reasonable car at the time. Like, I, 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 yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. But uh, so, you know, could you and again, I, I my wife was so proud because this was not the type of person I was probably even back when we started recording these uh, these podcasts almost seven years ago now. Um, you know, can you try to or if you're going to work and earn all this money paying off that car as fast as you can, trying to pay as much of the house off as possible? getting out of debt, and then all you need to do is work to, you know. And the thing is, like, like I don't even, like, I, I don't really even consider, like, I'm not really in debt. Like, okay, yes, I have a mortgage, and yes, that's a lot of money that I am in debt, right? But, like, that's such, like, a normal thing. Like, everybody's got a mortgage. Not everybody. You don't. I get it. But, like, I... <clears throat> That's just like an assumed amount of debt for most people. And like the thing is, like, I've been very fortunate in my life. I've mentioned this before. And like, I have no other sources of debt, really. Um, I could pay off the car tomorrow if I wanted to. But debt in and of itself isn't a bad thing. I've got a low enough interest rate on it that I can make more money by keeping that money in my 
money market accounts and just earning, maybe not this year, <laughs> with the way the stock market is. But it's a pretty safe bet that I could make more in interest on that money, so I should keep the money and actually keep the loan over the course of the the, the, the three or four year loan period and, and instead of paying it off tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like at some point it actually makes financial sense not to, to pay off your debt sometimes. Um, and I'm good enough with my money that that's, that is the case for the debts that I do have, not the mortgage because a mortgage of course is its own beast. Even that, yes, don't get me wrong. We don't have, we bought it a very good time. We don't have a bad interest rate on that either, but that's still hundreds of thousands of dollars like in interest. Cause that's just what the fuck that works out to. Yeah. Well, all right. Uh, maybe, maybe it's not, maybe it's not the garden. It's not the maybe, garden. Maybe it's Japanese. There are certain things. I have I thought about getting a bonsai though. Or one of those little sand gardens that you could like rake. I always thought those were so lame. I don't know why. Because they do kind of seem tranquil, but. Tranquil is good. Yeah. I know you've done the mindfulness stuff before. It may help you now. Maybe. Once you, you know. I'm just going to fall off the wagon immediately again, though. So I don't know that that's true. And if it helps you in the short term, then. Yeah, isn't that worth it? I suppose. So here we are, an hour into this damn show. Existential well, Dread, I think, is the name of. No, I think this was helpful. I think this was helpful. If, if, if anything, somebody listening is going to have listened to that survey and gone, shit, I have ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's a couple of things we could do here. I have a tournament I have made. Now that can wait till any number of times. There was a pay-per-view that you watched. You watched wrestling this week. Yeah, We could talk about that. We could go to the emails and, you know, move this along if you have slides or things to do. Um, what, what, what do you feel like? Um, I'll talk briefly about Forbidden Door, I guess. So the, the Arsicist came over. GQ came over. Uh, was anyone else there? Was that it was just it. You? And uh, you, you checked out the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. The AEW New Japan crossover event. Uh, sum it up to me in a sentence before we get into the specifics. Your your overall impression of the entire show. Um, worth the money. Good. Okay. Yeah, I mean it was a good show. What, what about it? Did you really enjoy? Uh, a lot of good matches. There was a lot of exciting action, and you know, seeing new people that I'm not overly familiar with, and. Some names that I've heard many times sure. over, but I couldn't pick them up out of a lineup and uh, you know, finally you learn to, what an Okada is was nice. Yeah. If you had to pick your favorite match of the night, which one would it be? Hmm. What's the one that is the most memorable to you? Probably Claudio Castanogli. Mm-hmm. Baloney. Yeah. Defeat uh versus uh Zach Sabre Jr., I guess. Probably. Sure. Uh but we'll But but I want you to tell me what you told me yesterday. When you were watching that match, what were you thinking? As good as that match was, it really just made me want to see Zach Sabre Jr. versus uh 
Brian Danielson. Yeah. That Zack Sabre Jr. is all sorts of liquid chain wrestling. And again, he and Claudio put on a great match. Claudio was a nice surprise. It was great to see Claudio. And it was a good performance. It was a good match. But it really made me want to see the originally scheduled match. Yeah. I watched Claudio's entrance a couple times. I enjoyed all of the WWE superstars that like Becky Lynch just out and out put a picture of him as his end, like up on her thing. Like obviously people were very happy for him. He looked happy. He looked healthy. The, the music was good. The outfit was good. He posed with the photographer that everyone thought was him. Cameraman. Was yeah. Yeah. Cameraman. Yeah. Like it was good. Was, it was a nice, it was a nice moment. So, uh, if you had to pick your favorite performance, I'm still trying to figure out who you meant by the guy with the multicolored pants. Cause that was what you said yesterday. As you said, I really liked the guy with, cause I asked you which Japanese it was, it was, it was, uh, Shota. Okay. Mean, mean, that's the one that I don't, you mean, that I don't even know that well. So I like, I liked him. He was good. He had some sort of thing. Because they told the story in that match. They and one of the things I liked about this pay-per-view is, you know, since they were working together, like they pulled footage from when Chris Jericho was in Japan wrestling. And he did something. He I think he was wrestling um this guy's father and disrespected him. Okay. And like right in his face, like you know, beating him down, the kid was there, whatever. And so like they used that, they showed that video, and it made me care about this guy. And they teased it in the match. Like this guy was just giving Jericho death stares, and like you were waiting for him to get that hot tag and into the ring at the same time as Jericho, and Jericho was avoiding him. Like, you know what I mean? Like they told a That's good awesome. story there, and that probably really helped me get a good impression of who this person was. And it, it didn't hurt that he was also a, a, a good wrestler. So, yeah, I recognize him now. So he was a young lion when I was watching New Japan. You know, the black trunks, no knee pads. You're only allowed to do basic moves. And then he must have got sent out on excursion and now has come back with a character and a new look. So, yeah, some of the but good. I enjoyed him. He uh, was good. It was good to see Minoru Suzuki. His hair was ridiculous yeah. as ever. Um, his yeah. ears were giant. Um, the only thing I thought was really weird about that match was having him on one team and Eddie Kingston on the other, and not yeah. a single drop of blood was shed. And, you know, as a guy who has said in the past, AEW, maybe you could tone it down uh, on the blood a little bit. I guess I can't really complain. They saved the yeah. blood for the main event, which I'm sure would please a lot of traditional wrestling fans but I did think it played a bit against type in that match. I was mm-hmm. anticipating something more than what I got, perhaps. Um, to be fair, Minoru Suzuki is known for, you know, elbow strikes for like blood is not, he's not a death match guy. Okay. Like he's a, he's a strong style. Let's stand here and literally slap elbow, punch each other in the face 20 times each and not fall down. And, you know, he and Eddie Kingston did have an exchange of chest chops uh, back and forth in the middle of the ring, uh, this test of endurance or whatever you want to call that. So if they definitely played into that, and there was plenty of that as well. So yeah. uh, overall, uh, good to see him. If you had to pick somebody you were underwhelmed by, mm. 
who would that? I mean, I don't know if it's fair to say underwhelmed, but you know, after hearing for years about the Rainmaker Okada, I was just kind of like, I mean, he's good, but is he that good? Yeah, I was like, this guy, he see, I don't know, like he, he didn't, he was good, but he didn't strike me as anything special. But again, I, you know, I have. It's, a, it's such a small sliver of their body of work, but I, so sure. I guess maybe I, I, I should say, I just, I wish maybe I'd been able to see more from him. That is how I feel about his most famous opponent. That's how I feel about Kenny Omega. I'm like, he's a good wrestler. I don't see why everyone thinks he's the second coming, which might be how some people feel about Seth Rollins. And I think he's fantastic. So, oh yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, he's terrible. Um, uh, so good. I mean, good, I, I really good. enjoyed seeing Jeff Cobb. He had a cool yeah. tag team partner. Um, the great Ocon. Yeah, that was fun. Um, that match was overall pretty good, although I did think that, cho- again, I don't know if it was legit injury or storyline or what, but taking Dax Hardwood out of that match for a large portion of it, yeah. I think the match suffered for it. Um, so that was unfortunate. Later in the night, that Okada match I was just talking about, um, I think Adam Cole got injured and led to a very awkward finish to that match, which also was unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but you know, Will Osprey Hard. and Orange Cassidy gave a hell of a match. You have to be into the Orange Cassidy shtick at least somewhat. But you know, he brought it. He hung. He he pulled out. Yeah, and it was good. It was a fun match. Going back to that title match. Yeah. What I think is interesting, and, and you know, it's a multi-man match. I didn't see what happened. Maybe Adam Cole is concussed and laying on the middle of the ring. But I'm like, couldn't you have moved to one side, taken the match out of the ring and brawled for a minute so that trainers could get Adam Cole and get him out and then just keep having the match? Or Yeah, was, something was, happened. I don't know what it was because, I, yeah, I do think he was concussed. And, and it must yeah. have been it must have been that this was the go home moment. I think Okada was supposed to hit the Rainmaker, but yeah. Adam Cole was already out of it. And I think he in I think he reversed it when he wasn't supposed to because he wasn't he wasn't there, you know, mentally. Sure. And so then they reversed it, but he still went down to the mat and Okada yeah. was just like, uh and then Jay White was supposed to run in, take yeah. out Okada that's, and pin that, that my guess. Adam Cole. Yeah. And he still yeah, steal steal the win. And he still he still did it despite the fact that Adam Cole didn't take the finisher. So maybe Jay White just wasn't paying attention. He, he was out of the ring, you know, maybe he heard Adam Cole hit the mat and he said, that's my cue. And he went in for the pin and that was that. But yeah, I I would hope that if Jay White really is, they talk about him as, you know, after Kenny Omega left, there was two people that were going to take over as the guys, the wrestling people and i think one of them they say was zach saber jr maybe and the other one's jay white and it's like maybe it was will osprey and not zach saber i forget who they said but regardless jay white if he really is this end all be all ring general it just that was such an example i don't know that was just like an immediate example of being like yes he wasn't really aware of what was going on in the ring for it to not as you said why why couldn't you have yeah. Even just extended something for 30 seconds and but or, he must not have or, known. I don't know. Or 
he did, he saw it and he was like, okay, well, we're not going to be able to like, you know, he could have pulled Okada around, hit a finisher of some kind, but. And maybe it was, well, Okada can't take the pinfall and Adam Page can't take the pinfall. It's got to be Adam Cole. It's as good a time as any. If he's concussed, I might as well just end it here. Yeah. If that's it, if you have to pin Adam Cole, then you do it right away. Then that is the right. Right. And maybe that's it. Let's pin him as gingerly as possible and get him some help and move on. Yeah, because I will say it seemed like Adam Cole tried to kick out. People were saying the ref kind of ignored it. And if you noticed what Jay White did is he laid across Adam Cole's shoulders in a way that would have made it very difficult for him to. So I think I think the thinking was he reversed the Rainmaker because he wasn't mentally there and they knew he wasn't going to just stay down for the pinfall. Yeah. So so let's let's just do what we can do and get this done. Yep. Yeah. Or it's a screw job and Adam Cole's going back to WWE, baby. Yeah. Boom. Uh, so you enjoyed the card. You enjoyed the wrestling. I'm assuming that you'll enjoy Dynamite tonight. No, thanks. <laughs> everybody, everybody who was over, what well, at the end of the show, after John Moxley won the interim championship or whatever. You know, uh, yeah. Chris Jericho came out as long as well as his whatever that group he's in now came out. And they all started beating up the Jericho Appreciation Society. Yeah. Um, whatever. They came out, started beating up Moxley. And, you know, they kept the now the people on announce were really starting to try to say, oh, yeah, tune in for Blood and Guts on Wednesday. And it just kept going on and on. Everybody was like, this is they could have just had Moxley win and end of the show. I get it. It's forbidden door. You got a lot of people that are interested watching this pay-per-view that don't watch the product otherwise. And Tony Khan is over there saying, how do I get these people to watch on Wednesday? I got to build up some intrigue. I got to do something right at the end of this show that's going to make people say, oh, I got to tune in to see what happens next. But I got to tell you, that wasn't it. Like It, it did yeah. nothing to instill in me a desire to watch on Wednesday. And maybe, maybe I'm the minority. Maybe a lot of people who don't watch the product regularly, but tune in for Bidden Door were intrigued and are going to check it out. The ratings will tell. Um, but, but nobody at Manson Manor thought it was a necessary or good ending for the show. Will you be doing this again this week on Saturday for Money in the Bank? No, no, no. You don't want to watch? I don't. Oh, we did this. We did this already. Last did we? Week. But I don't remember. I think so. They've added a couple of people to the um, Money in the Bank matches. But at this point, I can't support the WWE anymore. I just can't. Okay. Fair enough. I don't eat uh, at Chick Fil A, and I feel like I can't watch the WWE. I do understand that. I get where you're coming from. Um. We'll save our, our tournament for a later date because we are now, again, above an hour. And we have emails, and we owe it to our besties to give them the proper amount of time. Uh, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. The first one I see is from Simon. Are we on the same page here? Tour Diaries 2. If it's not love, then it's the bomb that'll bring us together. Greetings from the Travels. Today is Alan Turing's birthday. People in Sackville Gardens in Manchester have flooded his statue with flowers. What a man he was. Now we know Manchester is the birthplace of the computer. I've said this before, and it's as true now as then. You're welcome, world. 
It was built at the university. They called it the Manchester Baby. Rubbish name if you ask me, but I wasn't around to ask in 1948. Anyway, the daddy of computer science is Alan Turing, you see. In 1936, he proposed the first model of the modern computer, a universal computing machine. He had the name game sorted through, called it the Turing machine. He worked out that it was possible to store a set of instructions for the machine to run as a program, and therefore results could be computed. Once the instructions for this computing could be stored, the computer had memory and a bunch of other people got involved. Who cares after that? Most people would dine out on that for the rest of his life, but he was because he was clever with numbers, the government pinched him in 1939 and put him in a hut somewhere down south with a bunch of other clever, clever people that got picked last for school sports. You see, Germany had a machine called the Enigma that they used to send classified messages in code. Those pesky Germans changed the code rules every day, but they didn't plan on Alan Turing and the team. They cracked the Enigma code, and once they knew how, Turing and another fella built a big machine to decode thousands of German messages a day. The government used the plans to build more than 100 decoding machines, and there you go. He called the decoding machine the bomb. Bombay? Bomb. I love Alan Turing. I could talk about him for hours. I'm sorry if I have. I'll leave out the latter stages of his life. Let's just say the country didn't exactly thank him for his secret work he did in secret. They very certainly did not thank him. He was a hero, and they ignored and punished him. He's a hero they praise and honor now. And there are flowers on his statue. What a brilliant, sunshiny day. Good day to all. Yep. Yeah. Not a great end to the story of Alan Turing. No. Uh, no. No, no, no. Uh, the next email comes from Brandon Banks, road tripping. Hmm. Let's see here. <clears throat> a few days back, one Durangan Canyon Matthews called me out for not emailing in. Bastard. Then I went into the wilderness and had zero phone reception, so I wasn't able to mail in either. Well, here Beautiful I bastard. am now. For my fishing trip, I drove up by myself six hours each way, so I'll base my questions off that. One, what is the longest trip you've driven by yourself? Two, what do you listen to on the radio during road trips? Three, what are your go-to road trip snacks? Keep up the work. Send for my iPhone. Well, we know your answer. Yeah. What's that? You've driven you've driven to New Orleans or Louisiana True. by yourself. Oh uh, yeah. More or less. So uh, I have by myself I have driven to Maine. We've done the Carolinas or North Carolina, but I was with my wife and we split the driving. Yeah. I think I've driven to Maine by myself, and that's been the longest trip. Otherwise I've always had somebody with me. What do you listen to on the radio during road trips? I mean, these days, I just listen to podcasts. Same. Same, same, same. Yeah. Um, and then what are your go-to road trip snacks? 
Hmm. Twizzlers are probably the big one. I feel like it's not a road trip. It's not a vacation if I don't have a bag of Twizzlers um, ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. What else? Oh, Twizzlers, we, Twizzlers are probably it. What about you, DC? We pack stuff. Like if, when I was by myself, the one time I drove, or I've driven a couple times to Maine by myself, you know, I'll grab a bag of M&Ms and kind of dump them in a cup that'll fit in the cup holder so I can grab those peanut butter M&Ms. Um, you know, I'll try to have some sort of, usually a banana, uh, something of that nature. When we pe- travel ourselves, we're packing, you know, almonds and chocolate chips and little marshmallows together, almost like s'mores that are just without heating them up. Um, we'll pack some berries. We'll pack bananas. We'll pack crackers. Uh, if we're doing a longer trip or we're traveling around a mealtime, we may try to pack enough stuff so that we don't need to stop for food. So we may pack some cheese and crackers or we've made you know peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for the road or something like that. So it all depends on what the goal of the trip is. Okay. Yeah. Crackers are a big one too, I suppose. Like um, yeah. peanut butter crackers or cheddar cheese crackers. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure. Uh, Jeffrey, greeting from the vineyard. PC and Doc, we were able to time our trip to BDD perfectly. Come on now. Come on now. It's the vineyard. Oh, the place that wasn't open. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Saturday night at 9.30, four people ahead of us. Just wanted to check in. I will leave you guys said, I believe you guys said you're going to do a babe childhood candy bracket. I think that's awesome. I can totally see Swedish fish being in the final four. Hope all is well that you guys are enjoying the beginning of summer. Jeffrey from Massachusetts, who doesn't have Twitter sent from my iPhone. There's a photo and there's something circled in the photo. It's the sign for backdoor doors. But if I click on it, it's still really small. So I'm glad you were here to navigate. Uh, Jeffrey, you may be a little bit behind. Uh, listen next week, because that's the tournament we, we don't have time for today. But we are going to be doing some childhood slash early candy tournament. Uh, it's ranked. It's a, it's a thing of beauty. You'll be getting that uh, coming your way uh, next week. All right. Email from Nate. Good morning, my good friends. I hope you enjoyed the pay-per-view. I'm assuming you watched it with GQ and didn't fall asleep with it going till midnight your time. I got burned last time, so I didn't want to waste my money again. Money in the Bank is the Saturday, and I'm always excited for the Money in the Bank match itself at least, and the Usos versus Street Profits tag titles match. And from a few weeks, Doc, I like slow burn horror movies, but some are too slow and just boring. I understand that. Upon a second watch, I did enjoy Midsummer more. Who are your favorite three horror directors and genre of horror? What is one odd thing you're fascinated by? For me, it's movie theaters and how unique they all are from each other and how it's such a safe place for me. They're all so special and it's fun to visit different theaters. Each part of it is special to me. I truly hope you both have a stupendous night and rest of your week. 
DDT Wrestling is my favorite podcast, and it brings me so much joy listening to you guys. Much love, Nate. I'm glad to hear... We love you, Nate. Yeah, you, yes, that. And I'm glad to hear you enjoyed Midsummer more on a rewatch. Um, geez, my favorite three horror directors. That's difficult. It's probably John Carpenter, Wes Craven, and... It's mm, Romero, not Romero. Probably Sam Raimi. Um, right, Romero is has some very good films. Also, and Romero definitely was on the short list of ones I might have said there. But I will say, I think Romero is very much a worksman, a blue collar sort of worksman director. Like he, before he he filmed, he got famous for the movies that he made. You know the. Night of Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, etc. Uh, he, he used to make like just like industrial films, you know, um, and a lot of that carried over in his style. I never would consider him a very stylistic director, um, very just workman's like in his composition of everything. So, uh, yeah, but, but yeah, he's made some great movies. So probably those three, um, not in any particular order. I know GQ would say John Carpenter all day long, but I think Wes Craven, you know, his early work with uh, The Hills Have Eyes and Last House on the Left was phenomenal for the day, although rough these days. And of course, you know, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street being phenomenal and reinvigorating the genre later with Scream. I think he deserves an awful lot of credit. Um, but I will say John Carpenter was probably the most consistent over the longest portion of his career. Um, I love Halloween and thing. And I mean, even something as campy as they live is great in the mouth of madness. Fantastic. Um, you know, I even like some of the other stuff that's not really horror, but you know, escape from New York, um, assault on precinct 13. Did I say the thing already? Cause the remake of the thing is just so good. So, so good. Um, yeah, and then, of course, the granddaddy of them all being Halloween, right? I mean, you wouldn't have any slasher movies without Halloween, probably. Um, and yes, yeah, so if I had to pick a favorite genre of horror, oddly enough, it's the slasher film. It's probably the most formulaic, the most repetitive, the least exciting. Um, but there's just something about a slasher movie that I, I just, I will sit there and watch it no matter how bad it is. Um, I really like the way that it's just the whole plot is stripped away. It's one of the big things that I think make slashers different from Jalo films is that it is just very much very little plot. There's nobody trying to figure out who's doing the killing. It's just 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 goes. You know what I mean? And you know I don't care if it's Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the Thirteenth or the Halloween series or the Prowler or the Burning or Hide and Go Shriek or Girls Night Out or the slumber party massacres or sleepaway camp or whatever. They're all, they're all great. They're all great. I love them all. Um, so it's probably slasher films. I would say. What is one odd thing you're fascinated by? I don't find movie theaters to be an odd thing. No, not really. I, mean, I see what he's saying too. Like, especially if you can get to like outside of your um, multi megaplexes, there is this really cool place in Boston um, well, a couple of really cool theaters. One, the Somerville Theater is this old theater that they sort of, it was, I think at one point, like an on stage style theater that they 
renovated to be a movie house. And it's just got this old timey architecture and you go inside and it's very much got that, you know, it looks like an auditorium for like a proper theater, but you can go watch movies there. And that's, that's fantastic. I love that place. And there was also just this little hole in the wall place called the Brattle Theater Theater. Uh, which was awesome. It used to play a lot of old movies. They would get the rights to show. Um, and like, it was just, again, a little hole in the wall. Practically you have to go upstairs, this tiny little narrow staircase and the old style flat seats, no stadium seating in these things, you know? And um, yeah, I don't know. This, this, some of those real small independent theaters I find are really, really cool. So yeah, nothing weird about that. I don't think um, glad to hear that you, that that does fascinate you, Nate. Um, what about you, DC, though? Is there something that odd that does fascinate you? I'm sure there are many things. The, the one thing right now, and I don't know if it's odd, but I was thinking about it today. The post office. Fascinating. So every town has a building in order to send stuff, and then you send it from one place to like a more centralized place to a more, and just the act of sorting. There was a time I may have talked about this on a previous episode. I spent a good 30, 35 minutes in my school, in my classroom, on my school's Wi-Fi, looking up the different types of jobs one can have in the postal service. Hmm. Like you can be somebody who works in one of these center hubs and your job is literally just moving boxes from one conveyor belt to another and you're, you know, you're keeping track of all of this stuff. You're, you know, you're obviously not involved. But just the amount of work that somebody had to come up with a way to say, okay, I have some, you know, financial documents that I need to get to Utah, which is where the, you know, and so I'm going to put it in a box and it's going to get from me in rural Connecticut to this company in some place in Utah. And along the way, it's probably going to stop seven, eight, nine different places. I don't know how that works. Probably going to get on a plane. Then they have to figure that whole thing out. Uh, that kind of stuff is really interesting to me. I would, I would watch a documentary, not on the history of the post. I would actually watch a documentary on the history of the post office. But I would watch a documentary just about how the post office works. And you, you think about it and you go, okay, I get why some postal workers like had at one point a reputation of just going crazy because, and it's just constant. The mail never stops. Maybe less so, yeah, maybe less so now with email and things, but still. Is there an odd thing you're interested in? Because you talked about movie theaters, but that's Nate's idea. I mean, that's not it, your idea. it's honestly probably just horror movies. Like, I'm sure anybody would call my fascination, my degree of fascination with them odd at this point, so... It's probably that. Fair enough. Yeah. Our last one comes from the bestest of all besties, Glenn. Tasty treats. Hi, guys. You're walking down the cookie oh. aisle of your local supermarket. What are the top five cookie types you're putting into your cart? Thanks, as Glenn. always, Glenn. Glenn knows us so well. If I could eat it, he knows. I like it. He knows what is going to make a good, good, good question. They're all good today. Don't get me wrong. Oh, what's the number one cookie that you're putting in your cart? If it, to base it off of the one that I buy the most often. No, not what I said. Well, either way, it's probably Oreos. 
flavored, regular, regular. double stuff, mega stuff. Yeah. Fresh Oreos directly out of the package when you first open them are exquisite. Yeah. Even, I agree. even 12 hours later, they're not as good. But the issue to me is I'm so spoiled now on double stuff that the ratio I of was, cookie to cream. I was spoiled on double stuff when I lived with you. And the idea of eating a regular Oreo was beneath me. Pish posh. Uh, however, now that I live with my wife, um, who thinks that double stuff Oreos are not the work of the devil, but indulgent in, in a way that's practically pornographic, um, she will only purchase the regular stuff Oreos. And so I've, I've reacclimated to that level of, of stuff in the Oreo and, and I, I am satisfied with them. And when I had, I think more recently, I think probably on these airwaves, Omega stuff, I was like, okay, that's, we have much. reached the point where it's too much. Yeah. Uh, my number one cookie from the cookie aisle. Cause we're, we're keeping that. Um, is the Keebler EL fudge, double stuff, chocolate cream, I will Cookie. also back you up on that one. Although, again, in the year since I've lived with you, I have reacclimated to the single stuffed version yeah. of the EL fudge. The only thing I will say is you probably get more individual cookies if you don't do that. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Uh, I can and have downed an entire bag slash box of those cookies in a day oh, now man. that was in my that was in my heyday you remember back in the day when um chips ahoy came in sleeves yeah yeah i definitely ate a whole sleeve at one time fuck chips ahoy i agree what a what a what a dry cracker piece of garbage cookie. that said i still Isn't do purchase ahoy? them from time to time um, they're probably no. the third most bought cookie in this house. Oh my god! They're terrible. They're See, not good. You're right. We don't buy cookies. Huh? Like I don't buy cookies. I will buy occasionally. Um, rare, rare occasions. I have bought the, you know, I'll buy the small pack. Like we'll do that if we sometimes we want Oreos on ice cream or something. You'll buy that. Um, I would say double stuff Oreos. The, the yell fudge. Uh, there's a fancy cookie. It's called the petite Ecolier, which is the schoolboy, the little schoolboy cookie. Yeah, those are good. Which is like a, you know, shortbread cookie with a layer of chocolate on top. How about the Milano? Dry. Those aren't that dry. Not as bad as the Chips Ahoy. I'm trying to think what a, does a Malamar count? Yeah. That comes in the cookie aisle. So absolutely Malabars, Malabars are on there. I would also pick those um those like vanilla wafer cookies, you know, um, the ones with the layers, like the vanilla cream in them. I'm not talking about like a vanilla wafer. Oh, I'm talking about like oh the, yeah, stick. the stick. Like Yeah, those yeah, are like good. Vortons those are good. All right, that's fair. That counts. Um I will also, you know, I don't know when this would ever happen, but I remember like enjoying this like I would like one strawberry wafer cookie. Yeah, absolutely. Vanilla wafers. Nilla wafers I'm only buying if I'm making banana pudding. What about the only um, What about Fig Newtons? No. 
I though went through a Fig I, Newton if, phase. The flavored Fig Newtons, I thought, were better. When I was a kid, speaking of eating cookies by the sleeve, I would yeah. eat a sleeve of Fig Newtons. But that's also fruit and cake. It's not a cookie. It's in the cookie aisle. Now I'm trying to see what else is in the cookie aisle. Because <laughs> uh, what I'm probably doing is I'm probably buying multiple kinds of orange. What about Nutter Butter? Again, I would need to eat it with something yeah. else. I'm not a big fan. I like I like a fudge stripe cookie. Yeah, those are good. Again, the Keebler. I like the uh, fudge stick cookies from Keebler. I like the Samoas. What they call them caramel delights from Keebler. Um, grasshoppers. Mm. You know, basically all of the Girl Scout cookies that Keebler also yes. makes. Those are all good. Um, and yeah, just recently I had a big old hankering for the lemon Oreos. Mm. Those are a nice spring treat. Uh, Pepperidge Farm, which makes your Milano's, they do like their soft bake. You know, they have like a chocolate brownie cookie yeah. or something like that. Those are At good. At that point, I just feel like they're cl- those are close enough to a home-baked cookie that I'd rather have the home-baked cookie. And I know that sounds yeah, weird from somebody. Yeah, but you're somebody. not always going to get a home-baked What's cookie. that? You're not always going to be able to get a home. Well, you I will. But. Yeah, but yeah, that's, that, that's the thing. Like, I feel like, because again, I will buy a Chips Ahoy. I'm more apt to buy a Chips Ahoy than I am what I would, I will agree with you, is a better quality cookie from Pepper Charm. Yeah. Um, but to me, the, the Chips Ahoy is, is a facsimile of a cookie in in the way that a McDonald's hamburger is not a hamburger and it is its own thing, which I can enjoy. Um, I don't think a chips Ahoy and a home baked cookie are close enough to each other. Um, It's a different thing, but yeah, those, those pepperidge farm cookies, I'm kind of like, ah, I'll just, I'll just bake my own or have Mrs. Manson bake me some really, but that's fair. Well, Glenn and Nate and Jeffrey and Brandon and Simon, thank you for your wonderful emails. Enjoy them as always. Hope to hear from you next week. We've been all over the place, Doc. We've had some therapy. We've had some laughs. We've we've realized that the magic was inside us all along. What is your piece of positivity that is going to get you through the this week? week has been great? I watched Forbidden Door. With my f- good friends, GQ and The Arsicist. And that was a really good show. And I'm sorry that Rachel wasn't able to make it. Uh, I know she went back and forth about whether she was going to be able to be there. I actually would have really liked it if she had been able to make it. So, Rachel, hopefully you can make it to the next one. Um, and then, you know, to, just to build off of that, I saw my good, good friend DC for lunch yesterday. I called him DC several times at the table, which tickled his fancy um, more than I thought it should have this many years into the podcast. Uh, we're podcasting today. I'm going to see both him and GQ tomorrow, unless GQ, GQ, don't flake out on us. Let me check I did my note that no, so far we're good. He said, you know, let me know the time and the place. And we said the place. And then I said a time and you agreed on the time and, then we never heard back from him, so I'm a little worried. I'm texting him now. I'm a little worried. Right. But I'm hoping to see both of you tomorrow. We're going for noodles this time. Yeah, and so, yeah, it's been a good week of seeing people that I like. And, you know, it's, it's been nice. 
I've been enjoying Good. that. Uh, so that's Good. my piece of Good. positivity, my 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 riveting and busy social life. Um, how about you, DC? What do, what do you got going on? <clears throat> uh, it has been a lovely week of, you know, there was some fa- a family event, that little family reunion thing for St. John the Baptist Day. That was nice. Um, but I have, I've, I've watched some things and I've watched some wrestling, of course, not as much, but, uh, the wife and I have watched probably since we last spoke, we have watched, uh, all of season three of Umbrella Academy, which was not great, but not bad. There were some good moments and there's some characters in that. Is that a Marvel show? We will. No, it's a Netflix. Is it a DC based on a comic book? No. It is based on a comic, though. Based on a comic book, but I don't think it's affiliated with either Marvel or. Do you know what the brand comic is, or? No, I'm just curious. Let me matter. look. Let me look. Doesn't really matter. Uh, I'm just curious. American comic book written by Gerard Way, Dark Horse. Oh, Dark Horse, lovely Dark Horse. I like Dark Horse. Uh, but yeah, we watched Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I watched that instead of Forbidden Door. That was good. That was enjoyable. Um, we watched. Did your wife enjoy it, or was it too much of a horror movie for her, as she feared? the 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 benefit of being able to watch it at home versus in the theater is she is freely able to be on her phone or playing Candy Crush, and you know was able to when she could tell there was going to be something horrifying. Uh, she just kept to herself, and you know didn't look up fair there wasn't it wasn't as there were some definite Intense like moments jump scare jump i don't think you would see it as a horror movie at all i would probably agree with you that there are some horror inspired moments i'm sure i'm sure sam raimi brought his horror style to it so i'm but sure it has there were moments. some definite moments of you know there were some like i said <clears throat> some jump scares and some things like that but the story was good um It'll be interesting to see where they go from here. Uh, It's hard to kind of get, you know, we spent so long in the Marvel universe with we're building the Avengers and we're heading towards Thanos and all of that. It just feels like this might be part of my problem with Marvel now, why I haven't engaged with it. It just feels aimless to me watching from the outside. Uh, They haven't, they haven't established a purpose yet. So, you know, they have, we have a multiverse now, which is great, except what are you going to do with it? Unless you're going to start building all of these. I was also groups in the from di- what I heard. I, I haven't seen it. I was disappointed that they didn't go a little more hog wild with the multiverse aspects of the Doctor Strange sequel. Um, I, I just, you know, I, Lou Ferrigno as the Hulk was like one of the things that was rumored. Why that? You know, like you yeah. could have gone crazy with like you could have had Dolph Lundgren as the Punisher, you could have had, sure. like, you know what I mean? Like you could have had all sorts of cam admittedly. Okay. So that just wasn't the movie that they were making. Yeah. Uh, they weren't no. going for that fan service. Like the third, uh, recent Spider-Man movie. I get it, but I, I just, at some degree, I feel like it's a little bit of a missed opportunity. Cause you really could have gone hot wild. You, they could have. Absolutely. I think you would have wound up spending what we did not get in this is we did not get them with the exception of like one scene. You don't get them jumping multiverse to multiverse, to multiverse, to multiverse, to multiverse. And again, part of me wonders 
shouldn't all of these now just be eight episode shows? Because if you had eight hours to tell this story instead of two hours to tell this story, you could have done some of that and you could have had. I don't know. I, you know I mean, I haven't. You could have quantum. You could have quantum leap. I mean, I guess so. But I also like I haven't watched this either. But like listening to some of the feedback about the six part Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Um, it sounds like two that is that. six hours of content that probably should have been a two hour movie. Um, it, it just it got spread out too long. Um, yeah. Well, Solo ruined that. I think Solo, <laughs> you know, Rogue One was good. Solo apparently was not. And I think this the lack of success of Solo meant they were like, all right, we're not doing any more movies based on standalone characters. We'll just do it all as tv shows don't care but uh uh, and then i'll you know so i've enjoyed being able to watch stuff and just have time to sit with my wife you know like i said we may have mentioned it we went and saw jurassic world um but for me personally and this should come as no surprise and i'm a little late doesn't jurassic uh, world have horror movie elements and jump scares and things yes yeah, I wouldn't have gone to see it myself. For some reason, I think my wife watched it at such a time when she really enjoyed Ellie Sattler's character. And I think that was kind of a hero of hers. And so the fact that Ellie Sattler was coming back in this one, she okay. didn't care about the dinosaurs. Right, cool. Um, the Gentleman Villain podcast, William Regal's podcast. Um, I'm I'm halfway through i think the third episode i think there's only four another episode will come out tomorrow um the first episode very rambling he's kind of just sort of i think they're not sure what the what the show is going to be so they just let him talk uh now they're sort of you know they have at least an idea they're going to talk on touch on different elements of his career and all Who of else that is that has been on that show it's hosted by a man named Matt Kuhn, who I don't particularly care for, mainly because I think I should be doing it. Um, <laughs> I started listening to a but, new wrestling you know, podcast, not, too. Foley is pod. Um, how's that? Very similar. A lot of rambling and like they didn't quite know exactly what to do with it. And it's yeah. hosted by yeah, so the, Conrad something or other. And Oh, Conrad. That's what I, I don't like him. Wind up hosting this. Conrad Thompson. He is married, I think, to one of the Flair children. Uh, obviously not Charlotte. Yeah, I don't really um, care for him, but I mean, I like hearing from yeah. Foley, so. Well, that's it. And so, you know, in the first episode, he's the, the question was, I think, basically, how did you get, how do you get to AEW? And I think they wanted him to maybe not belittle WWE, but talk up AEW at the expense of WWE. And William Regal's not playing that mm. game. So he's very much, you know, he said, you know, there were some things he didn't like, but that was a whole thing of him talking about his health issues and all of that and how close he was to death at some point back in like 2018 and, you know, and all of that. And then episode two was him talking about some of his, you know, his issues with substance abuse that led to him getting fired from WCW, which then got us to talk about the whole, he was the real man's man which was enjoyable. This episode I'm listening to now is my favorite because it's a Q&A from, you know, people have sent in questions. So he talked for 10 minutes about, you know, 
his relationship with Tajiri and how much fun they had together. And I'm like, and then they moved on to a new topic. And I was like, I think that's going to be a better way for him to go. Because as he said, he's like, I'm a storyteller, you know, I I'll tell stories all day. If you let me in the first couple episodes, they let him right now. Hopefully they'll be like, let's tell me this story. Okay. Now tell me this story. Uh, But yeah, I would recommend it. If you're a fan of, wrestling in general especially if you're a fan of regal but i've heard about the blue bloods i've heard about wrestling in england i've heard about you know uh him working at nxt and him now getting in the ring on you know, he gets in the ring at 11 a.m with daniel bryan or brian danielson and they're training with anyone who wants to come learn and so it's an enjoyable time i hope you have had an enjoyable time here on episode 325 of the DDT wrestling experience, Duck Manson. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we quack on out of here? If you'd like to have your thoughts right on the air, you can do so. Send us an email, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. You can listen to our entire back catalog by going to wherever it is that you obtain fine, fine, wonderful podcasts. And of course, if you like what you've heard and how could you? Head over to patreon.com forward slash DDT wrestling to send just a little bit of financial support to DC and Doc. It does help us keep the lights on and it keeps this podcast train a chug of luggage. They have one, two, seven different kinds of pho at this noodle place we're going to tomorrow. Unfortunately, Doc. I'm just going to get Starts the regular in- kind. <laughs> Probably, anyways. You know, I get the one with tripe? Nope. Do you? <laughs> Well, you have to decide. They have they have one with rare steak and one with well done rare steak, steak, please. Yeah, it's I the one. That. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am the Durango Canyon at BDC Matthews. Thank you for joining us on this fun filled episode. Uh, shout out to Sir Lionel Purple. Hope you're doing well there, my good friend. Until we meet again, my friends. Won't you be a bestie? I see skies of blue, clouds of white. <laughs> Louis Armstrong, is that you? <laughs>